0: just a quick word from our affiliates before we jump into the episode SafePoint loan working app is a really simple way for you to manage loan working utilizing what free words to get you pinpoint accuracy on the location of your people when you really need it get yourself a discount using a link and code in the description of this episode let's jump into today's podcast people today we are going to be talking about diversity in safety and particularly PPE from an article in the same IOSH magazine that I spoke about last time. It turns out there's quite a few interests was this the same one no I think this is a different one this is IOSH's July edition let's get into the podcast Health and safety is almost a victim of its own success. We're an oppressive regime of health and safety regulations. A huge fire engulfs a tower block. In- Children being forced to wear goggles to play conkers at school. Worst oil field disaster, 164 dead. Rebranding Safety, the modern health and safety podcast, crushing the stereotype. And your host, James McPherson. Okay then, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. If you're new here, Rebranding Safety is a health and safety podcast, making health and safety simple to help you save lives and save money. And hopefully sometimes it's quite funny as well. The whole ethos is that we rebrand health and safety. Today we're going to be talking all about diversity and health and safety based on an article from the IOSH magazine. Rebranding Safety is also on YouTube. You go and check us out. We produce every Tuesday shorter YouTube style toolbox talk videos uh, from any, anything from doing a risk assessment to managing manual handling to work at height, etc. etc. In the podcast comes out every Monday, more in-depth episodes, anything from 20 minutes of just me to 30 minutes of just me to 40 minutes of just me, or all the way up to an hour of an interview of a special guest. We've had some amazing people on like Rachel Butler and Jason Anker. We've had local businesses that are making some massive difference like Christian working with Slip Safety Services and David McLean making positive change in people's lives. So go back and check our back catalogue. We are massively getting bigger we are we are i don't know there's loads of podcasts out on there that you can go look for anyway let's talk about this episode this episode this magazine here we go wow that was that was painful let's <laughs> crack on so this is an article written by kate field i don't know if you know but in the last podcast we mentioned not in the last podcast second to last podcast we mentioned um Kate, she was part of that panel that we're talking about, the ISO 45001, I don't know if you remember. Anyway, she's written a piece of paper, a piece in the IS magazine, which essentially is all about diversity. So, I think, overall, this article was very well written, and I really, really enjoyed reading it, and I thought it'd be good for you guys to know all about it. So, let's go. First statement. At the start of the Industrial Revolution, social thinker John Ruskin captured some of the concerns about work, in quotations. At the start of the Industrial Revolution, social thinker John Ruskin captured some of the concerns about work, in quotations. For people to be happy at work, he said, they must fit for it. They must not do too much of it. They must have a sense of success in it. Fast forward 170 years, what has changed? It's tempted to say not much. Yes, we have laws and regulations on safety and health, but these are generally slow to evolve and adopt a philosophy of all. Tu- oh, this is a great word, but I can't friggin' say it. Utilitarianism, utilitarianism, a philosophy of utilitarianism. Oh, man legislation that fits the greatest number not the individual we also have a a lack of diversity in the bodies that make develop and frame this legislation standards development has has the same challenges indeed the term standard implies an average or norm one-size-fits-all approach but does it really In the provision of personal protective equipment, or PPE, this issue becomes particularly acute. It's not simply about gender. Take, for instance, chest protectors for cricketers. Not only is there no provision for women, but they are also designed for right-handed batsmen only. It's a long statement. I don't normally have statements that long in these brand new magazine, article, podcast things I've been doing. But I just thought, I was reading through it and I thought, oh, can I break this down into more bite-sized chunks of what Kate's saying? And I just thought, do you know what? It's a beautiful way of saying something that, one, I am massively on board with and I've been saying for a long time. And two, she's just right on the bat. Like, it's 100% right. And I just thought the cricketer PPE kind of... Um, analogy she uses or, or observation that she uses is is a real great way to show hang on a minute, you've not even, you've not even got ones that fit left-handed batsmen, it just doesn't make sense like, I'm not saying it would be okay to have not have one for women but it's like we know how crap we are of that stuff but the, the fact that a hundred years ago some group of men didn't go hang on some of us are left-handed and they have that it's like that really puts into perspective how how behind we are if left-handed people are not even friggin accounted for then how the hell could we expect to account for women and people from different cultures people with different ethnicities people with different religions it's just it's, it was i mean i haven't got any words which is was well, shit for a podcast because it's all about words it was just unbelievable when i read it and i really thought that kind of put it into into context and the the kind of things she mentions about standards being the one size fits all it, it's just for me this was just like music to my ears you know preaching to the converted kind of kind of thing for to read this it was just beautiful to see that you know somebody would had picked this up and that and as we go through the article you can see that there are a lot bigger organizations that pick it up um, and i running with it i'm making some positive change and some real nice differences in the world it's a real shame that we're not there yet though isn't it let's just get the elephant in the room addressed you know it's 2019 how are we not got equality in ppe it's just crazy. I read an article not so long ago about, um, you know, PPE not, not fitting well for, for women, like high-vis jackets and stuff like that, just not made to fit women. It's just like, it's such a good point. You know, they, you know all their clothes are different. Why would their PPE not be different? Um, it's just crazy. You know, it's just unbelievable. And it's so disappointing. But anyway, let's move on. So, interestingly, the European Committee... Uh, loads of letters CEN slash TC 162 slash WG 11 body for protection for sports includes input from both men and women and has a female chair so that was interesting my step they've now requiring input from men and women um, and they've got a female chair so you know they're the body that oversees or manages protection for sport basically so I thought that was very good, nice to hear, a good step change in the way to go. Um, let's move on. Next statement, data use shows a big difference in facial characteristics between Caucasian, Sub-Saharan and European types. So we're talking like RPE for example, where even people's ethnicities and cultures and where they're from. Means it got a different face shape. I don't know if you remember. It reminded me, on a more real, lame and simple, stupid terms, when it said about there was this app thing, and it was like different body types for different um, countries, and how much the women of those countries preferred what body types, which is interesting. Uh, so it was like, you know, white English was this body type. Um, and other kind of minority ethnic minorities had this type of body type for example and women preferred this and men preferred this blah 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 and it was quite a funny but yet interesting at the same time article of how different we are just from being born and raised in England or Germany or Africa or somewhere like that which I thought was fascinating but then you know you're you're making PPE to fit people then you have to consider all these different types but then let's look at it from a business point of view that wow that must be really difficult to actually do um you know we're talking about you know, just just in these three uh examples that Kate gives Caucasian Sub-Saharan and European types different facial shapes so I know we have face fits for some RPE but what about those kind of dust masks and things like that that those one size fit all then Surely they're not one size fit all So I thought that was very, very interesting. Part of the output of ISO um, 16900 part 1 2014. Um, determination of leakage. I don't know why I've highlighted that. We'll cut that bit. Moving on. Oh, there we go. I found it. Part of the output of the ISO uh, 169000, the determination of inward leakage, is defining the way the respiratory standards are changing. Um, The ISO standard specifies an increase in the number of test subjects from 10, which is the normal standard, to 25 to additionally try and represent the human diversity, which I thought was interesting. You know, they're trying to increase the amount of people in there to try and get more different types of diversity in there which obviously in my opinion with diversity of people comes diversity of ideas and diversity of risk but also diversity of solutions as well I have always liked to think of people as the solution not the problem so I thought that was good to hear as well let's move on Another ISO standard aiming to put people at the heart is ISO 45001. And we've done a podcast on that where Kate was part of the article that we read about as well. Occupational Health and Safety Management System has an emphasis on creating a system that benefits the worker as opposed to the organisation solely, which in my opinion the previous, previous standards did. So again, If you've listened to the ISO 45001 podcast, I can't really comment um, because I haven't worked with it, but I am hearing a lot of things that I'm really, really pleased and interested to hear more about. The the kind of person-centered focus that I'm really liking the sound of. So that's interesting. Diversity is a factor that health and safety professionals will have to take into greater account of, oops, sorry. Increase in perception of women in the workforce, ageing population with its own associated health needs, obviously, plus wider ethnic diversity, plus challenges and opportunities that must be addressed in the long term. Human diversity should be seen in the same way as biodiversity in nature as a positive source of exchange, innovation and creativity we know that the luscious and most productive regions of the world are the ones with the greatest biodiversity. Isn't that just beautiful? Isn't that just absolutely downright beautiful, gorgeous way to think, to live, to explain things in a, in a world where we are becoming so separated and so focused on what makes us different? Why can't we just accept that this a the amount of difference in an area that would just make us so as said in here luscious and productive and innovative and creative with diversity of people comes diversity of ideas it's so beautiful the way of putting that i think kate if you listen to this podcast i commend you for that statement it was whether you stole it from somewhere else or you wrote it yourself it was beautiful way of putting it and when i read it i was like wow wow That's something in the time that we are currently living in in the UK. That's something I would just love to hear. I'd have the pleasure to read out to everyone else. So, yeah, I thought that was beautiful. Human diversity should be seen in the same way as biodiversity in nature. As a positive source of exchange, innovation, and creativity. We know that the luscious and most productive regions of the world are the ones with the greatest biodiversity. Wow. Your organization should be the same. Your business, everything you do should be the same. Everything works for everyone and everyone works for everyone else. You know, it's a beautiful, beautiful idea. And if we just kind of get past these focuses and to be honest, how can you do health and safety correctly if you have that kind of secular um, mindset where you don't appreciate everyone as equal or treat everyone as equal, then then health and safety has failed before it's even started in your business. So it's probably something you need to address. So let's move on. Here's where it gets interesting. However, we need to understand that ecology of system to ensure that we do not cause an imbalance, the ecology of system, sorry, to ensure we do not cause an imbalance. It needs to consider differences in risk perception attitudes to authority, time orientation, direction communication, personal space, non-verbal communication, gender and even political history. I thought this was interesting because diversity by its own kind of nature brings difference, brings difference of opinions, difference of way of communicating, difference of way of doing things. Um, I remember when I used to work for a company that had an African base, The the Head of Safety or whatever, I can't remember what their title was, they basically went out there and as much as I hate PPE no i don't hate ppe that's a bad way to say it as much as i hate our over-reliance on ppe and using a positive story for ppe this is one so they went out there to africa and we had a factory a warehouse with all of our staff no steel toe cuts this whizzing around no segregation or anything like that and they thought well there's something we can change tomorrow we can get them on steel toe cap shoes Okay, let's do that. Easy, peasy. That's something we've done. We've, we've, you know, done the hierarchy of control the wrong way around. and started with PPE. But let's, let's not dwell on that. We did that. So got them all there. The next day they got delivered, or whenever they got delivered. The next day, after they've been delivered, nobody came into work with their steel toe caps. Why? Because when she went to the manager and said, "Why is no one wearing the steel toe caps?" she said, "Because they're the nicest shoes we have." so we kept them at home for when we go home for dinner and I was like no like that's just just crazy and that story will always stick with me forever that you know we need to not be so naive um sometimes and just consider the differences of other cultures and stuff like that and and I just thought that was so it was just a just for me as a young health and safety professional it kind of was just One, it brought home to me how much I've got and how much I need to learn to appreciate that. Um, But also, it's something to consider for us that, okay, should we buy them another pair? So that we can have a pair at work and a pair at home. I thought that would be a really nice way to do it. Let them have the ones at home. Just let them have them. Um, You know, if that means that much and it's something they they haven't had, then let them have it. It would be a beautiful thing to do. Um, I don't think that's what they did. Um, But, yeah, I did think that was interesting. Difference of risk perception is interesting. The same factory, um, c- quite commonly, quite commonly would climb up racking and just throw um, the items out of the racking. Quite every day. That was just common practice. Um, different ways of carrying things. You know, you look at like um, the Asian countries where they're carrying the, the, the stuff on their heads who's to say that's the right or wrong way to do it i don't think we can argue that um i don't think i can argue that i think there's a point to say that maybe that's a better way to lift but that aside if that happened over here it'd be difficult in the uk for a health and safety person to accept that that's okay because they've not been trained to see that or deal with that so that's a thing to consider, I'm not going to say, you know, you, you, you're going to have people like, you know, carrying stuff on their head in, in, in the factory tomorrow, but I do think it's a very good point Keats touched on that with diversity, quite obviously brings diversity, and those things can also present challenges and different mannerisms. I remember working in a factory when I was young, um, not in health and safety role, in like a machine operator role before I got into health and safety and I was one of few English people there and personally was quite lonely, not that everyone was horrible, not that anyone didn't want to involve with me, you know, I was one of few that only spoke English, that's my own fault, no one else's fault, Um, my own kind of lazy fault that I never learned anything else, but I couldn't communicate as easy as everyone else could, so naturally I became this little entity in my own group for my own faults and and everything else but it was quite lonely and that's a challenge for a business to deal with I think because granted I was only a temporary worker so they probably didn't really give a shit about me well I know they didn't give a shit about me because I was made redundant a few weeks later which FYI was like the best thing that ever happened to me however I think it's on a business to be able to sort things like that and just make sure that everybody is you know, not lonely, and everyone can communicate with each other, except, don't get me wrong, we could communicate to do our job, um, but, yeah, I do think you need to consider those things, and I just think that's a really interesting point that Kate makes. So, let's crack on. Organisational, you know, organisational socialisation of... The process of conveying the organisation's goals, norms, and preferred, way, preferred ways of interacting with workers, or more simply, identification with the organization, is, essentially, is essential sorry, to managing diversity successfully. This does not mean pressuring workers to conform to a single norm, but rather that diversity is the norm. But how do organizations do this? It starts with leadership and in particular, transformational leadership. What's transformational leadership? It's a person that leads for change. So, you know, they transform, they're leading a transformation. So if you think like Nelson Manzella, um leading to change apartheid, to stop apartheid, like that, yeah, that's a transformational leader, probably one of the most iconic transformational leaders. But, Isn't it interesting that leadership is something that comes up in nearly every video I do, every podcast I do, it's all about you in your business, you need to be a leader, you need to learn to have empathy, you need to learn to communicate, you need to learn to love your staff, you need to look after your staff, look after your customers, you need to learn to be mindful of those people, mindful of the decisions, the impacts of these things have on you and start being a bit more self-aware of what you are doing and how that affects everyone else and I thought that was a really interesting point and and again it's written so beautifully it's written really really nicely so it starts with transformational leadership or starts with leadership you know transformational leadership is just one part one type of leader there's so many different types I think I think the top three are like uh, top four there's top four types there's like transformational servant uh, I can't remember the other two so that was interesting Emotional intelligence is a skill that they've highlighted in in here, empathy, reducing conflict, um, inclusion, um, involving and empowering workers. Uh, I bang on about this all the time, empowering and involving your team is probably one of the biggest and most effective things you can do in your business to change your culture transformational leadership, emotional intelligence, and worker inclusion, these are at the heart of good occupational health and safety. These are things that we haven't spoke about um, for a long time. You know, these are things that people don't hear. You know, this is what they need to hear, that risk assessment, standard operating procedures, and health and safety policies are not the heart of occupational health and safety. Empathy, emotional intelligence, worker inclusion, involvement, that's the heart leadership is the heart of good health and safety so i would like to commend kate field for her for her very amazingly written article i thought it was very nice there was some beautifully uh, written phrases and statements in there which to be honest could be taken away and put in quotes on a wall um in your office or whatever and you would think that somebody you know gandhi had said it or something like that so well done Kay. it was a very very nice article i thoroughly enjoyed reading it i've enjoyed butchering all of those statements to my audience um, so those of you that have found it slightly interesting but for i would like to read Kate's article and not listen to James Butcher in it excuse my laptop making notification noises i thought that was turned off um then i will link the article in the description so Thanks for listening. If you listen watching on YouTube, don't forget to click subscribe and the bell so you never miss another episode. If you're on iTunes, don't forget to leave us a rate and review. And come on, people, share the podcast, share the love. Uh, you know you've got friends out there with businesses, they run their own businesses, and they haven't got a clue how to manage health and safety. Let me help them. Also, come on, for a health and safety podcast, pretty good, right? Isn't it? Don't forget to engage with me at Rebranded Safety on Twitter. Come find me on LinkedIn, James McPherson. All the socials linked in the description. Catch you in the next podcast next Monday. Safe. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a shameless sponsorship clip. In all seriousness, guys, we partnered up with DRM Group. You know David McLean, has been on the podcast time and time again. We absolutely support his message and he's got a brand new online course to help you. I'm gonna let him tell you all about it now. The brain can be trained to think and behave differently, to think in more positive and optimistic ways. And there are steps that you can take to train your brain to feel good for good. And we call this lasting positive change through our 16-day program, which includes daily videos and action sheets, taking you no longer than 15 minutes to complete a day. You will learn how to move away from thoughts of anger, hopelessness and frustration to a place of mental well-being and positivity okay guys so if you're interested you can click the link below and get a discount special rebranded safety discount full disclosure we get a little bit kickback from that so at the same time as improving your mental health you can support your favorite health and safety podcast youtube channel i'll let you get back into the content